Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Ryan Haley. He's the best-selling author of a book with a forward by NFL coach Tony Dungy. As a financial planner and personal coach, Ryan has a deep passion for working with numbers and finances. God bless him. To help people and organizations achieve their God-given dreams and purpose. Now, Ryan is an entrepreneur himself. He's a podcast host like me. He's a blogger and adjunct professor at Cherry's Bible College Business School. He's also the founder of A Better Way, a ministry in the form of a business that is equal parts spiritual and practical. That's also the name of his podcast, A Better Way. Now, in a former life, Ryan was a U.S. Navy helicopter pilot, Afghanistan combat veteran, Pentagon defense budget analyst, realtor, and sales manager for a technology startup. That's it? Come on. <laughs> he also has an MBA uh, from the Naval Postgraduate School and a postgraduate business certificate from Georgetown University. What he's really saying is he's smarter than me, which is fine. I think it's fantastic. Ryan attended Cherry's Bible College, where he received his degree in biblical studies, as well as his minister's license. Ryan now lives in Woodland Park, Colorado, where he enjoys the beauty of the mountains and being outdoors. And in January, he enjoys the freezing cold. God bless him. So Ryan, welcome to Broken Catholic, number one podcast on iTunes for Protestants and Catholics. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Yeah, no, thanks for having me on the show. It's great to be here, Joseph. And uh, yeah, you covered the gamut there. Um, but really, you know, like you, I think my goal is to just um, highlight God's goodness and uh, share real life testimonies that will demonstrate that to people, both the spiritual and the practical is what I'm really big on. And, um, you know, just being able to share witness and testimony of the gospel and God's goodness. And I, I love your heart to just bring people together and focus on what we all believe and what we have in common. I am a huge fan of commonalities. I think there's enough divisiveness in the world. When we look at our beliefs, when we look at our political opinions, we see division, right? It's just what's so. We all have opinions. We all were raised in different environments. Yet what I find unites us. There's one thing that unites all of us. Catholic, Protestant, atheist, doesn't matter. We're all united in our human struggles. We all struggle the same darn way and we all need the same savior. That's the bottom line when it comes down to it. So share something, uh, take a minute, share something personal about you uh, that very few people in your business life actually know. 
Well, one thing I've shared this publicly, but it's something that I, I typically don't bring up in, in business conversations, but I think a personal transformative event in my life was when I was a Navy helicopter pilot and crashed a helicopter in 2007. Mm. I was just about to go on my first deployment and uh, miraculously by God's grace, we all survived and walked away from the crash, which was uh, a total miracle. But that really brought me to kind of the end of myself in a lot of ways and kind of stripped that false identity of performance and, you know, being a Navy pilot and all these things and, and forced me to really get real and honest with myself and with God about who I was, where I was going and, and what I wanted my life to be about. And so that really kind of, you know, launched me into um, a new season of rededicating my life to God. I had grown up in a Christian home and had a strong relationship with God for a long time, but had, you know, for several years prior to that crash, really been going on a, a pretty significant prodigal journey or departure. And that brought me to my knees in a really good way. And, you know, I certainly don't believe that God uh, puts tragedy or, you know, uh, failure upon us, but he can and will use everything to our good. So that was certainly the case uh, for me in 2007. That was kind of the low point but then it launched me into this uh, amazing journey. I've been walking ever since then and learning more about God and his goodness. And um, particularly, like I mentioned before, um, the practical aspects of his grace uh, where, as I call it on my platform, where the supernatural meets the practical. And now it's just all about sharing good news in a variety of different forms and media. And uh, I'm really glad to be able to do that with you today. That's awesome, brother. So with all the guests that you speak with and your own coaching clients, what do you see as the number one disconnect that people have in their relationship with God? I really think it's not having a full revelation of just how good God is and how truly good the good news of the gospel is. Um, I think there's a lot of legalism or mixture that a lot of people, including myself, have grown up with, uh, whether they're in the church, not in the church. The spirit of religion has really, I think, been the enemy's greatest weapon to keep people from God and to keep them from stepping into that abundant life that Jesus promised us. And uh, that's been a transformative revelation for me. And so a big part of my ministry mission and business is helping people to understand how radically different the new covenant and the gospel and God's ways are from our human ways. And that takes a huge uh, mind shift and a uh, really it requires you to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And, and once I got a revelation of that grace and all the practical benefits that come with that, it has completely transformed my life and uh, a lot of the people that I interact with now. Yeah, I really get that. So when you went down in the helicopter and you had that, we'll call it a come to Jesus moment. Mm hmm. It's a form of hitting rock bottom. Literally, you hit the ground. Boom. And there you are faced with life, death, eternity, regrets. Do you get another chance? Is this it? But you're, you live. You live through it. Your whole crew lives through it. When you look back on your former life, what did you see that you were possibly getting wrong or not getting right where maybe you thought you were a week ago, but now you the scales were removed from your eyes, so to speak, and you could see, I was blind, but now I see that you started to practice or adopt uh, into your life going forward after the helicopter crash. 
I think is really analogous to the prodigal son's journey uh, that we read about in uh, scripture that my blindness or what I had wrong was that life in my father's house was not fun. It wasn't enjoyable. It was drudgery. And so like the prodigal son, I started to go off on my own, you know, uh, wild living, partying, drinking, doing all these things to try to fill that void because I had a wrong conception of who God was and what the gospel is really about. And so I, you know, tend to have a performance driven mentality, um, very, uh, very driven, but that can cause a lot of anxiety and pressure. And I think, you know, that becomes unsustainable after a certain amount of time. And I think once I got to college, I just kind of, you know, I'd worked hard, studied, been a good Christian, And then it was like, okay, I'm just going to let my hair down and let it all fly. And, you know, that had some temporary pleasures, but ultimately, you know, just like the prodigal son, it was, um, it was not ultimately life-giving. And I think for me, that moment of that helicopter crash was similar to when the prodigal son comes to his senses, when he's eating pig slop, you know, in a, a distant land where there's a famine and he realizes, you know, this is pretty bad. I, I would be better off as a hired servant in my father's house than doing this. And so that was when I came back to the Lord and he showed me that not only was he willing to take me back, not as a hired servant, but as a son, you know, where nothing is earned as a result of my performance, but simply as a result of being his son and being loved and having, you know, just like the prodigal son, not only did he not get penalized, he actually got even more blessing than he would have otherwise. He had already taken his inheritance, but then he still got the fatted calf and the party and the signet ring and the robe and all these things. So it was kind of a double portion blessing. And that's what happened to me after that helicopter crash. I got a miraculous set of orders that were a sweet deal that I had no business deserving or or getting. And I think that was kind of my first indication that, um, you know, one of the things God told me in that was just because it's a sweet deal doesn't mean it's not for me. And (laughs) By that, I mean that most of my life I've conceived of God as the God who requires difficult things of me now because it'll be better for me in the end. Mm -hmm. And there's some truth to that, but there's also just extravagant blessing for no reason other than he loves us and he's good. And that's kind of the first glimpse I got of that. I really like what you said there in the prodigal son parable, he came to his senses And if you look back to the original translation, it actually translates, he came to himself, Hmm. which means his identity. He came back to his identity that he is son of the father Hmm. because he had left that identity. He had forgotten it. He had become blind to it. And then he started chasing all this, these things of the world, the pleasures of the world. But when he came back to knowing who he was and whose he was, Man, he got right back to the father. And, and I see this all the time with the clients I get to work with, with the guests I have on my show, my listeners, et cetera, is it's, it's all an identity crisis. At the end of the day, your relationship is a reflection of your identity, how you see your identity with God. Your relationship with God is a reflection of how you see your identity with God. Do you agree with that? Disagree with that? Can you expand on that? Absolutely. 100% agree. Uh, I think you hit the nail on the head. Um, You know, before that helicopter crash, like I said, my identity was tied up in my performance, you know, as uh, a naval officer, as a pilot, as someone who had been a a high achiever for most of my life. um, And then not getting 
what I thought I was going to get out of that. And then once everything was stripped from me and I had nothing but, you know, in my mind, you know, shame, failure, brokenness, um, that was when, you know, grace super exceeds or super abounds, you know, sin. And that's when, you know, the Lord showed me that not only are you not rewarded for your good efforts and performance, you're also not punished for your bad behavior. And he showed that to me in a very dramatic way right after that, as I mentioned, and that just kind of made me realize like, wow, God is so much better than I thought he was. And my worth is not tied up in the things that I achieve or accomplish. Uh, certainly God has given us, you know, divine empowerment as part of his grace to, you know, be excellent, to live with purpose and intentionality and to be able to do amazing, impossible things. But um, nothing we can ever do will make him love us any more or any less because he already loves us perfectly and fully. Mm, so well said. BC Nation, you know, I used to look at, it the way Ryan said, living in the father's house, but I looked at it in a very dysfunctional way. I thought living in the father's house, I didn't see myself as a son in the father's house. I saw myself as a slave or a, or a servant in the father's house where I had to perform and get everything right. And if I messed up, I would be chastised, um, disciplined, right? With the master, because the master was a tyrant, and that was my view being raised uh, was this tyrannical father relationship, which no offense to our Muslim brothers and sisters, but this is kind of how what's missing there is they look at as God as ruler and king, but not as father. And, and what a difference, what a blessing we have as Christians that we get to have that father, son, father, daughter relationship with the creator of the entire universe. And how humbling that actually is. And I think, and let me ask you this. Do you think that's why we struggle uh, to accept that identity? Because it seems too good to be true? <laughs> that, that is exactly it. In fact, I talk about that a lot. Um, I've heard that what is translated as good news um, for that word gospel is in the original meaning of that word, the a more accurate translation would be something more to the effect of the almost too good to be true news or the almost too good to believe news. And, and that is exactly it. it. From now at this point, if something doesn't seem too good to be true, then I sometimes question whether I am correctly perceiving things and whether it's really the gospel, because that is the essence of the gospel. It's too good to be true. Jesus performed perfectly on our behalf he got the sin and punishment that we deserved. And then we get what the righteousness and the blessing that he deserved. It's just so backwards from everything we're taught, particularly in the military. Cause like you said, hmm. you know, there's that kind of tyrannical master servant, master slave relationship, maybe commander subordinate, you know, is a mm -hmm. more um, where, you know, I'm going to be rewarded and, and, you know, accepted because of my performance, which is very heavy in the military culture. So to realize that, that is completely out the window is, is just so foreign to mm. most of our minds, certainly to my mind. Um, and, and I think that is really what it comes down to is it like, it really is almost too good to be true yet. It is the word of God and it is true. Broken Catholic nation. Here's Ryan Haley saying that it's not just the good news. The gospel is not just the good news. It's the impossible news. Yeah. And we worship the God of the impossible. Yeah. And that's what makes it so. And yes, it's a contradiction to our human senses. 
but that's what it's all about is that the God creator of everything lowered himself, took on form of his creature, us, because he loved us that much. And he saw how good he had made us and then laid down his life for us. Like in the military, that would be like the top general laying down his life for a grunt, you know, soldier, you know, some private or whatever. And like just laying down his command, his title, everything in his own life for that, that soldier. I mean, how humbling would that be? But times that by a billion and, and BC Nation, you now see what God did for you. So Ryan, um, where do you still struggle? You're human. You're just like the rest of us. Come on. You don't have it all figured out. Where do you still struggle in your spiritual journey? Even though you really get your identity in as son of the father and you're just wowed by him and wowed that he's using your life and he's amplifying and raising you up, yet you're still walking around in this fleshy self. Where do you struggle, brother? Yeah, I think it's still the the main struggle I've had, which is, you know, staying in a place of rest, you know, my, na- my nature is to be, you know, uh, left to my own devices. It's to be high, strong and anxious and, you know, try to strive and toil in my own human effort. And, um, I've gotten a huge revelation. I've seen things I've, you know, definitely changed my thinking and the way I live my life very significantly, but that's always going to be, like you said, we're in these flesh suits, you know, until we go to eternity. And so it's a continuous process of renewing your mind. It's not a one and done thing. And, you know, even just, um, you know, the last couple of days, you know, as I was telling you before we started recording, there's just been kind of some crazy, you know, uh, shifts in my schedule and a bunch of things going on. And it's sometimes easy to lose sight of the fact that God is still just as much for me. I'm still just as much at rest you know, and, and not forgetting that and not forgetting my identity. Sometimes we live beneath our identity. We're like the swan that acts like the ugly duckling. Um, when our, you know, when our flesh triggers, uh, get, you know, those people push our buttons or scenarios and, and situations cause us to, uh, forget that, you know, so it is, it is an ongoing day by day, you know, moment by moment process. And I'm still walking that out, but, you know, certainly not perfect, but, being able to share where, you know, where I've struggled and, you know, the challenges I've faced, the brokenness I've dealt with. And then also being like, yes, you know, that is true. I am human, but there is still redemption. There is still breakthrough. And, um, you know, I think it's just continuing to refine that process and that thinking and staying more and more centered around this idea of the, the gospel of grace and rest and that God is just even better than we could possibly imagine, no matter how amazing our revelations or the experiences we've had, there's always a new layer to be discovered. Mm, So powerful. How did you get to where you are spiritually in your walk? And here's what my real question is for our listener. BC nation, make sure you have your pen and paper out. Ryan's about to drop it here, drop some value for you. So Ryan, what is, what has been your top spiritual exercise, your top holy habit uh, that's very practical, very tactical that you do either monthly, weekly, or daily um, that really has kept you uh, growing in your identity and your relationship with God um, and staying in it as the storms around you like to blow? I think for me personally, it's been journaling. 
spending that time early in the morning for me, I mean, it could be, you know, whatever time of the day works for you, but for you, for me, usually the time that I'm, you know, most apt to really connect with God and receive that life-giving communion in our relationship is uh, first thing in the morning, just, you know, with my journal and uh, a pen and, and just going through the word or a daily devotional. And that's where I find that God speaks to me really, really powerfully. That's where most of my revelation comes from. That helps to recenter me. Uh, that's certainly not the only way. Uh, physical exercise for me is a big one. Um, even doing what I do with my work. I mean, I love what I do. God's blessed me with a, a job that I truly love and have been you know, uh, called and equipped to do. But I think where I have had the most transformative revelation and powerful encounters with God has been, you know, one-on-one -on -one in that stillness and quiet with him journaling. And then from that place, that overflow, having conversations like this, you know, with people, whether it's a podcast or just a one-on-one -on -one conversation, um, you know, definitely a lot of uh, small group leadership type scenarios. But I think for me, it really all stems from that place of, you know, kind of the, the secret place with the Lord. Um, journaling, reading scripture, and then from that place, kind of meditating, chewing on it and talking about it with other people. Mm. The stillness and quiet, right? Spending that time with God, BC Nation, that's where it's all at. My my journey as well, that's where it all happened. Was spending an hour a day with God for eight months every day consecutively, right? And what a transition. I went from brokenness to, I guess, beautiful, you would call it. Really just uh, God filling in all the holes of my childhood, the trauma, the hurts, the pain, the dysfunction of my relationship with him, all of it. I didn't have to do the work. I just had to show up and sit with him mm. in the silence, that's right? That's yeah. really it. That's what it comes yeah. down to. I think uh, Fulton Sheen said it so well. He used to call it the classroom of silence hmm. because you're going there and you're, you're sitting and you're taking notes and you're learning. You're learning about who God is. You're learning about who you are because you're a reflection of him and you're learning about his purpose for your life. Why are you here? What has he got planned? BC Nation, that's the ticket. Now, it's difficult, right, in our busy schedules to carve out an hour or prioritize 30 minutes, especially in the morning time when the kids are up and you know you got to get to work and you got all this stuff going on. How have you stayed uh, so faithful uh, protecting that sacred time and not letting the world push it, push it out of your life? Well, uh, I'm certainly not perfect at it, but I think when I genuinely look forward to it and I know that it's not something I have to do, it's something I get to do and that I'm going to be better off, my tank is going to be more full as a result of taking that time with the Lord, that he really has something personal, significant, and um, important for me in that time, then I look forward to it. And it, you know, I'm reminded of something uh, based on what you just said that uh, apparently Martin Luther said during the Reformation, he apparently, you know, prayed for two or three hours a day before he got super busy and famous from the whole Reformation movement. And then counterintuitively to our human mind, once he got even more busy and things started to pick up, he said, now I need to spend four hours a day in silence with the Lord because he needed even more than ever that practical wisdom and discernment and the, the things that the Lord was going to lead him to do. And I think that's really our work in the new covenant from John six twenty nine. You know, the work of God is this, he said, to believe in the one whom he sent uh, that being Jesus, obviously. And so if I really believe that God is going to show up powerfully in those times that I'm going to get practical direction, whether it's a, a business 
you know, problem I'm looking for a solution to a question, an issue, you know, personal relationship, whatever it is, if I really believe, and like you said, I just show up, make myself available and he does the work through me and in me, then, you know, one of the things he's told me, Joseph, is that I can accomplish more in a moment than you could in an entire lifetime. And it's just making ourselves available to receive that from him so that we're not trying to do all these different things and, you know, uh, just working ourselves up into a lather and, and getting spread too thin and, and getting into that stress and that performance and self-effort. But no, God's going to give me something. And it might just be a simple little thing. It might just be a five minute conversation with someone. And that opens a whole door and that accomplishes more than the 99 other things I had on my list for that day. Mm, that's so powerful. You know, Jesus multiplied the fish and the loaves in front of the crowd. And I found that in my quiet time, I call it holy hours, uh, that God would expand my time. He would multiply my time. So I remember one day specifically that one hour uh, turned into five hours. And I had no idea I was sitting there for five hours just journaling. And I looked down and I saw the time and I almost freaked out because I had a full schedule of, of work at my office. And I was like, God, I got to run. Thank you for this time. Right. And I, I ran to the office. I finished everything on my list in two hours. <laughs> yeah. Because God is good yeah. all the time. Yeah. And God multiplies our time when we give him the first fruits of our time. Yeah. Isn't that so true? Yeah. It's the same with uh, finances. You know, he says to give him the first 10% and he says, test me in this, you know, and I'm going to give you more back than you could possibly um, imagine. And we don't do that as a transactional kind of quid pro quo, but it's just right. that matter of faith. And certainly, uh, like you said, it's, it's very true of our time as well. He can make us more productive. He can give us that inspirational, creative idea or solution, that person to talk to. And, um, you know, but it really is like, come, I just keep coming back to, you know, do I really believe yeah. that God can and will do that? Do I really believe this time is well spent? That's and it. how does that eventually show up in practical ways? That's it. BC Nation, if you find yourself in your life right now and you don't have enough time, you're in this constant busy uh, state of busyness all the time and frantic and high stress and anxiety and depression and you're taking medications just to cope with your life, just know that all of that is happening because, dare I say, you're not giving God the first fruit of your time. If you give him an hour or 30 minutes in the beginning of your day, watch him open up your calendar. Like he's saying, test him. His promises are good. He's faithful. We're not. <laughs> he's God. We're not, right? So, all right. So we're speaking with Ryan Haley. He's a, he's a podcaster. He's a business guy. He's a coach. Um, and frankly, he's my new friend. <laughs> and... Uh, you know, just a solid guy. Your theology is good, brother. I speak with a lot of people. Your th theology is good. And I could tell um, your theology didn't just come from textbooks. Uh, <laughs> it, came, it came from the classroom of life and, and brokenness. I really get that. Um, and he runs a, a top podcast called A Better Way Podcast. A Better Way Podcast. So Ryan Haley, um, we're about to jump into my favorite part of the show, the confession round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Yes, sir. What's your favorite thing about God? How good he is. What's your least favorite thing about God? 
how much freedom he gives us. <laughs> what are you most afraid of? I think unactualized potential. Yeah, I get that. Having something left in the tank after you die, right? Yeah, I get that. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our lives, just part of being human. What are you struggling with either professionally or personally with right now? I think just knowing how to steward the blessings and increase God's giving, what to say yes to, and more importantly now, what to say no to. I call them prosperity problems, but it, you know, it can be a problem if you don't, uh, if you don't submit it to the Lord. That's, that's a huge problem. I get to coach a lot of uh, high achievers that are, they've done very well, but man, their priorities are all over the place and it makes their decision-making really difficult. Yeah. And as soon as we, I help them clean up those priorities, decision-making gets very simple. <laughs> what did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Hmm. I think trying to just guess where things were going to go, figure out God's plan instead of just staying in the moment every day. Yeah. A little control freak wants to take over, doesn't it? Oh yeah. I know, I know mine does. Yep. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, I think that they're going to misunderstand me or, uh, you know, not really see my heart. Mm. Yeah. I get that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? His grace. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. What's a new habit you want to create? Um, I think just spending more time focused with the Lord and getting back into more of a, a physical exercise and, and health routine um, so that I'm more balanced. You know, I've been focusing a lot on professional life and he's been blessed, but uh, I think getting back to that real, you know, structured grace-based regimen. Darn COVID messing us all up, all our schedules. What's a bad habit you want to break? Um, that's a good question. I think, um, just getting to in my head, you know, especially with my work as a financial planner, just continuing to get more into um, listening to God instead of trying to figure things out for myself. Yeah. What's uh, pick three words to describe who you are now? Hmm. Three words to describe who I am now. I would say um, beloved, uh, becoming, and converging. Got it. And pick three words to describe who you were before you went down in that hospital, uh, that helicopter and, and, uh, woke up to God and, and, and got your sight back, so to speak. Stressed, lost, despised. Wow. Yeah. Powerful. And last question, Ryan, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, and give them only one piece of advice about everything, life, eternity, all of it. What would you say to them? Focus on God's grace. Focus on God's grace. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having deeper relationship with God, giving them their time versus not? I think not only the spiritual benefits that we've talked about, identity, peace, um, you know, love, all those things, but just the incredibly practical bottom line benefits that come from entering into God's grace and rest and, and depending on him more than we depend on ourselves. I can, you know, I'm very uh, analytical and, and uh, metrics focused, and I can show you in so many ways, even just very recently, how really reflecting on this and living this, um, you know, as Jesus says in Matthew 11, 
um, the unforced rhythms of grace, the incredible increased prosperity and opportunities that have opened up without having to sacrifice, you know, health, integrity, um, relationships, um, there truly is a better way. And I believe it's by tapping into God's grace and rest. So are you telling me that we can financially quantify our relationship with God? I wouldn't necessarily say it that way, but I believe that when your focus and your beliefs are right, there will always be a practical outflow from that. So rather than focusing on the finances, focus on God, his abilities, his grace, and a, a tree is known by its fruit. If it's really God, it will eventually manifest. It may take, you know, some seasons of walking in the wilderness and, you know, sowing and sowing and sowing before you reap. But if it really is God, it will prove itself in time, just as it has throughout scripture and history. And I'm a living testimony to that right now. Ryan, that was a prosperity gospel test question <laughs> and you got it right. Well done, sir. Uh, how does BC Nation get in touch with you if they so choose? What do you got for them? Yeah, I think the best way is to go to my website, which is a betterwaypodcast.com. And you can, you know, get in touch with all the different things I'm doing that way. Um, you can also, if you're interested in the financial planning stuff, you can check out unbridledwealth.com. And uh, those are both kind of the, the areas I'm focusing on right now. But uh, pretty much anything you can get a hold of me through my website. And, um, you know, I think that'll, that'll be a good first, uh, first stopping point. It's fantastic. BC Nation, go listen to Ryan Haley's podcast, A Better Way. If you want a better way in your your life, you know there's a better way. You just can't access it. You feel like you're 1% off and you're almost there, but you just can't find it. Go listen to his podcast. Ryan's got it figured out, I believe. Ryan Haley, thank you for being on Broken Catholic. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you, Joseph. It was a pleasure to be on the show. Cheers. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.